Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Drinks on Us with Jerry and I. How you going, mate? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, good. How are you feeling today? Great, buddy. Double guests on. Um, I'll let you do the introduction. Yep. Today, we're lucky enough to get Angad and Amitav on today. So how are we, boys? Hello, hello, hello. Good. Yeah, we're going all right. Not bad. That's good. How's your lockdown been overall at the moment? Yeah, um, so I'll go first. Uh, I mean, there's not much to be doing, right? We're just kind of chilling at home, kind of stuck. To be honest, a bit unproductive, kind of boring at, at times, but it's still pretty busy with, um, I guess, work and university. Yeah. Yeah, kind of the same. Just like, it's it's become such a normal thing at this point that doesn't even feel like different anymore. It's just like life at this point is just lockdown is the normal but yeah, yeah. Like, I guess, yeah, it's pretty, pretty dry. Are now, you always... Honest... Oh, sorry, you go on, you go on. I was going to say, to be honest, it's probably easier just staying home from now on mm. and then going out again. Now, go ahead, though. No, um, I was going to say, because Raj told me something that you actually said, um, something about how we're all tired. Um, oh, um, yeah. That was crazy. Because he told me, and I was like... Can you explain it again? I've forgotten it completely, but um, um yeah, yeah, sure. Was was it the idea? I think you guys were talking about in your last podcast how yeah, um, everyone like uh, it, it, we feel a lot more tired even though we have more hours in the day. Um, yeah. and then I commented to Raj while listening to that because I think me and Amitav had had the similar thoughts. I'm not sure if Amitav knows, but just a bit of background. The idea was even though. Um, we have so much more time available because we don't have school. We all feel really tired. However, last year, if you think about it, everyone's working at six, seven, you got um, what, eight hours of school, yet everyone was so energized at their VC. And so I messaged Raj about this and I was like, oh, there's a thing called Parkinson's Law. Um, and the idea with Parkinson's Law is um, the time it takes to do work is dependent on how much time you allocate to it. So there's an extent to what it works. But the idea is if you have like a task, um, do right and you, if you give it 12 hours to do you'll get it done in 12 hours but you could actually do the same task to the same quality if you manage to allocate only eight hours to it or six hours and obviously if you go too short then the quality drops but i thought that was interesting because there, i think a big reason why we're, we're so tired every time is because we have so much time but we have a little bit less organization of our day we, there's no structure anymore you know you kind of just wake up whenever you want um, you know eat breakfast at one and then you kind of do some lectures here and there. Yeah, exactly, right? Everyone does it, no matter who you are. Um, but whereas with school, we had like a set strict deadline. I'm like, you know, go to wake up, go to school at this time. These are the yeah. periods, stuff like that. So when you reach the end of the day, you only have like six hours and you probably had an idea of which subjects you wanted to cover. And you always, you know, got it done because you only had six hours. So you just kind of yeah. compressed all the work, got it done. Whereas now it's like 14 hours and you leave the assignment to the night, the, you know, the day before it's due. So, I don't know. Yeah. It gave me the answer that I wanted to know the most out of 2020. I was like, why am I so tired? You know? And I was just like, it's me, it's me. But, nah, yeah, it's crazy. No, for sure. I think it happens to anyone um, and everyone. I think you can use it to your advantage, though, if you can, like, manage to get around that idea and, like, structure your day, even though you don't have, you know, much to do. Mm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I'm sorry. You go. You go. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I'm really keen for today's episode. I reckon this is 
I reckon having you two boys on is probably of all the ones we've done at the moment, probably the most like the potential for our conversations to just get so interesting is like <laughs> super high. And I think I'm really keen for it personally. So yeah. No. So are you saying before I'm good? Yeah, no, no, we're uh, we're super keen as well because I think um, first of all, we're really grateful to even be on the sh- uh, you know on the podcast. Oh, um, no, <laughs> sure, some gratitude. Um, but yeah, I think it's uh, sometimes you know people like me and Amitha, or just anyone in general, we don't get enough opportunities to talk about our experiences and how we did yeah. things. And, how, and there's a lot. Of, um, I, there's like a quote that I kind of made up. Um, it was like every badge in reference to like one on a blazer. Every badge has a story but not every story has a badge, right? So it's like, even though you see heaps of pins on people's blazers, oh yeah, yeah, you know, he's got this and that. There's there's so much more that you don't know. And those are the like stories that don't have badges on them and things like that. Yeah. yeah. That's, so we're looking forward to it. Yeah, that's crazy. Cause um, I was telling my mom and dad today, actually, that we had you two on. And I kind of like told him that, you know, they're, they're kind of wild. Like they've done so much stuff, you know? Um, but I was like, and they were like, damn, you know, they must be like too smart and everything. And I was like, yeah. But I was like, I only wanted to know, like, you know, where this all kind of came from. So that's why yeah. I was like really keen. Yeah, I can't stop smiling because I'm like, yeah, this is sick. <laughs> so, um, should be really good. Yeah, I'm keen yeah, for sure. to get it going. Yeah. yeah, I think this is probably the first episode that Jerry and I have put proper research <laughs> into it. And you boys will say, like, we've done a bit of research. <laughs> Let's just go straight from the start. Maybe we'll start with Amitav. Um, yeah. How was your childhood um, growing up in India and then now moving to Australia? Yeah, so I, okay, so I was born in India. I was born in Delhi, so North India. And it was, I was born actually in a small town and then we moved pretty quickly to Delhi, which is the capital, right? And so it was quite a, I'd say, busy with school childhood is how I would describe like most of my time kind of went into school and like just sort of because it's pretty intense there right so the schooling system is quite quite heavy um so there's there's like exams from year one and there's sort of that continuous pressure from school to like do well so it's like I would say a lot of my time probably went into that but other than that um so my parents are from also from North India and um I have a younger sister as well so it's like spending lots of time with them and kind of just like the typical things that happen in your childhood. Um, but yeah, I'd say the big thing was then like moving to here, which was, a, a, it was year nine. So like I was in halfway through year nine in India, that's when we moved. And then I kind of repeated year nine here. Um, that was like the big kind of change in, in like my life that kind of pretty much changed a lot of things. So like leaving behind friends, changing schools, all that sort of thing, but also like that culture difference with that sort of exam heavy, like school and like really um, pressured environment to just being like super chill here, which I love it here. Like absolutely just a different experience. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's probably the major like change I would say is like that, that's the stuff that gave me a lot of new perspectives, just stuff like what, how people think, which is, like over there, it's a lot of it is a lot of your life does end up revolving around school, which is it's pretty. I like obviously it's it's not amazing, right? Because you're just kind of stuck in that routine of just you're just going to school for eight hours and then you're doing homework for four hours and there's not much else to life just in general. 
for like just for the entire time, right? So you don't get to think about other things at all. And then when you come here, when I came here, it was like, damn, like school's there, but it's like there's so many more things to do. And like even, yeah, I think that's that's probably the main, like I'd say difference, which is what I've kind of been living in is like comparing things between there and here. And like it's kind of, yeah, probably just like all the things I experience are, I see it through the eyes of like, oh, this is how it used to be in India. And now it's like, oh, this is how it's over here. And there's so many kind of, yeah, cultural and just sort of differences in general um, between yeah. India and Australia. Yeah. It's pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You enjoy it more, of course, though, because you kind of, 100%. yeah, you play around. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I love the, it's like, it's like that typical thing, right? When, like, when you say Australians are laid back, they actually are laid back. Like, they're just super chill with like everything and so i'm like i guess i'm set i've settled into that and at, at some level like I've, I've started loving it um yeah 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 how did you find that because i because i grew up in dubai and even in like kg1 kg2 we'd have to learn arabic so i'm sure in in india you'd have to learn some hindi or another language how was that growing up yeah there? um so we had so i went to school where we had to learn three languages so english and then hindi was like the main thing and then so english and hindi are kind of just like they're both first languages in a way like i I describe myself more as bilingual rather than being like hindi being my mother tongue or english because it's always like at home you just speak hindi and english like half words kind of mixed in i mean i code switch a lot between like english and hindi when i'm talking to my parents and all that um but then yeah we had to do a third language which was one of i think in my school it was german french spanish and then Sanskrit. So I actually learned Sanskrit for five years. Jeez. That was an experience. Like, it, but the thing is, you don't actually learn. So the first part of Sanskrit is like, you just got to memorize a bunch of tables, which is all the different like tense combinations. There's like present, past, future, and there's like three different versions of each. Oh, and okay. then like um, singular, like two people, and then plural. So there's like a matrix of like a hundred different words of each word to memorize. So like different forms of each word. Um, and it was just that. So that's all I remember from it is like those tables of words, but it was really fun. Like our teacher used to tell us about stories about like um, Mahabharata and Ramayana, which is like the two big epics, which were written in Sanskrit and so on. Um, so it was like, it was quite like a history lesson as well. Um, but I would say in like English and Hindi together, that was a really good, experience because everything around me was kind of always in both languages so like at with friends we talk in english and hindi combined at home as well so it's just like that was the that was my language until we moved and now it's like mainly english or fully hindi when i switch with like my parents and my family so it's yeah language has been quite a it's been changing like it's yeah it's pretty it's fun to it was challenging, I would say, like at the start to kind of switch to like full English. Because at the start, you were, I was used to talking to my friends in like English and Hindi. And now it's like, whenever I think of, I used to think of things in Hindi and then translate. Like at the start in year nine when we moved, I was like, I would think of like the phrase or the thing I want to say in Hindi and then kind of be like, I'm going to translate it so everyone else gets it. Yeah, yeah. I get you. Yeah. No, yeah, did did you, Angad, have the same um, sort of experience with having, I think, three different languages? Was that? Um, 
I, th I think this is a big reason why I, I mentioned you should bring Amitav along. Because there's something interesting. Uh, obviously, our pods like, intersect at John Monash, where we do pretty yeah. much everything together. But everything before that, and Amitav knows as well, because I think we learned a lot off each other, is completely different. Um, so I guess about my childhood. So I was born in Australia. My parents came here like 25 years ago. So I, I was that laid-back attitude. Um, as in, my parents were really relaxed, you know, it was... Obviously, they still had the Indian mentality that school is important, but things like having a PlayStation at 10, getting my own computer, playing video games all the time, hanging out, like doing sports, all that stuff. So I think from the very beginning, I I wasn't really, like, I wasn't really engaged in school in the sense, like, what you'd expect with, like, say, Amitav or, you know, focusing on exams and stuff. It was kind of hard to do it here because for me, it was more like, oh, yeah, this is pretty straightforward. You know, the stuff's easy. Let me just, instead of doing more, let me just finish the work and then talk in class or have fun with my friends. In fact, it got so bad. In year two, I used to talk so much with friends that I had it, you know, in like they had, on the carpet, they'd have different spots for those kids. Like the ones yeah. that kept talking. Yeah, they'd take my spot in a corner, my other friend in the other corner. That was, that was me. So that was that, I was that type of kid. So I was always talking and active. I played a lot of sports as well. Obviously, you know, gained a bit of weight now, but I don't play as well. But I was, I was doing everything that a normal kid was. And I think it was only until like uh, year six or seven. So I'm still, you know, doing normal things. I'm playing way too many video games at this point on phone calls with friends, playing PlayStation and stuff. But I think it was in year six, seven, um, where I kind of realized like, oh yeah, academics is a bit, you know, still the difficulty is still a bit low. But I think what I did different to Omitan was instead of using my like intelligence to like a benefit, I use it as like a copy. So kind of like, um, instead of doing more work, I'd be like, I do, um, I do the work, then focus on other things. Like at the time it was video games. So my, my parents weren't very strict in the sense that they didn't really enforce, like they didn't want to ban my like computer or PlayStation. They wanted to still nur like nurture me. They didn't want to, you know, have a, like a clash of interest between, you know, their son and them. So I think my childhood was very laid back mm -hmm. for a while. I think it was only until like Jomanash hit, I guess, um, in in my old school. Like I, I was like kind of the the joker, like the like the it's the smart kid that didn't really care. I guess like the dumb smart kid, if you want to think about it. I think someone uh, Nick from Jomanash called me the dumbest smart kid he knows, or something like that. Because I was too focused on doing everything I shouldn't have been doing, as in like things you instead of doing like textbook stuff. I know you know, as I like hanging out with friends, or you know, instead of listening in class i'd be making jokes and the teacher would be sending me out of class or giving me like detention or something um but i think it was in when i hit john nash all of those like i couldn't because when you're at like a school and you're kind of looked upon as like oh yeah you're the smart kid it's kind of like approval almost it's like you know whatever he he does goes as in i can kind of get away with like you know being uh, not listening in class playing games at the back of the class on my ipad type thing but at john nash it's kind of like it was like really disrespect. I could feel that I was disrespect. I could I was disrespecting a teacher or my students if I tried to do that. So like yeah. instantly, like the environment completely changed, and that was kind of like where I kind of got into the same like boat as Amita. That's where we kind of met. Where Chomash, we kind of eventually coincided. So so far, basically, we've done nothing. Um, that like studious i've had a really relaxed life you know i'm doing my first exam at year nine while well, i was doing his first exam in like primary school 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's true. Um, and, you know, when Amitabh comes, like, he's doing work. I'm like, bro, why do you even bother doing this up? Just, just you know, you're smart. It'll be fun. And that's when we kind of came together. And, yeah, I don't have anything because I don't have a unique experience. As in, I didn't have any, as in, like, Amitabh, Amitabh's experience is really unique because he's from India. So, obviously, if you... Um, take someone's experience from Australia, it's completely different to Amitabh. His is really unique, but I actually had nothing distinct stand out. It's just the typical things like a normal kid would do. I played my cricket. I had tennis for like six years. Um, I did swimming a bit as well. Um, most of the rest was like video games filling up the spare time, I guess. And yeah, I think the fun kind of began at John in John Monash. I did, I did do my fair share of academic competitions and I did go quite well in my old school before John Monash. Um, but I think that's when it, like the academics also ramped up in year 12 or year Jomana, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, how did you use to gel? I think so, you know, you both come to Jomanash, but like how, when did the meeting happen? You know, um, I, yeah. I, I think I'll introduce this one. So for, so background, so I was friends with Prithik and Pernil from the get go. Um, okay. so we were in the same class in year 10. Amitha was a bit of like an outsider, as in he was hanging out with, he wasn't in our class, first of all, to begin with. Um, but he was, you know, still transitioning. I think Amitha was he's tr- still transitioning into the environment. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, figuring out who, you know, who to talk to, he's good, he's not, um, type of thing. I, it was Prithik that actually introduced Amitha to our friend group. He's like, oh, yeah, I know this guy called Amitha. He's like really smart and he's like, you know, he's new from India. And for me, um, at the time, it was like, um, I came from a school that was predominantly like, white people and my whole my whole all my friends in fact almost all of them were white people so for me i had a, first of all i had a huge cultural shift in the first going from a you know all my friends being uh, white or things like that i had no issue but when coming to jomanash when the ethnicities completely change and like i'm now talking to people that i guess you could say look like me that was weird for me at first because um i kind of felt like the whitewashed indian kid so then when kind of there's, I'm pretty like, oh yeah, there's this new Indian guy that just came from India like a year ago. I was like, oh, okay. Um, you know, does he like properly speak English and stuff like that? Like that was just me being at the time a bit, you know, desensitized from the idea of, you know, some, someone else's experience. And then I pretty introduced him. He joined the group. I think we went to Bounce, was it first? I, I'm not sure if you remember. I think it was all bowling, one of them. Something. Yeah. We went to Bounce a while back ago. I knew, I mean, that was kind of like, tagging along with me, Pratik Pranil, and then Amitav. Um, and Pratik talked to him the most. But I think it was when we started doing Unit 2 Physics in Year 10, yeah. it was kind of, we began to, like, get closer, because that's when Pratik wasn't doing it. It was just me and Pranil and from our main friends, and then Kenny and Roscoe. Uh, and then Amitav tagged along as well, as in we were the main people he talked to at that point. And that's when we got closer, and then we did Physics 3-4, and then we started, you know talking a lot more together. And then our friend group actually, it became a proper thing. We had like a whole solid friend group by the end uh, end of year 10. And I think that's when we kind of started doing stuff together because we had really similar interests and it was really good to see contrasting backgrounds as well from India versus Australia. Oh. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a long tangent there, but yeah, that's how we kind of met. I think it was through that physics, um, like sort of the physics aspect of it, because we did Vic Physics, which was a competition um, where it was just me, Angad, and Pranil. And that's where it was like out of class as well. So that's probably where we yeah, were able true. to kind of just like get to know each other outside of just like a normal unit you know, mm-hmm. two physics class. 
and then we we like came second or third in that and so that was like damn this could actually like this is cool we're working together and doing something like nice yeah and i think most relationships friendships you know just general uh you know in the father-son thing or even female male or whatever um it come from experiences i think that works well you know when you have an experience with another person that's when you get closer and you kind of make that bonding um yeah you see that a lot in relationships i guess you know it's not the same when you're just texting all day but when you have that experience you know, go to an event with your partner or something like that that's when you get bonding and the kasana similar happened with amita it wasn't until we actually did that competition together that we actually like oh yeah you gotta learn a bit more about each other and like not bad yeah yeah, oh. so tell us about your first competition because every I remember every assembly there'd always be some award or the other that would go to you three boys, um, and yeah, you I I honestly believe that you three were like the most like unstoppable group in like any physics tournament, any like mathematics tournament. What was it like? Just you guys? Was it like hard working together the first time, or how's that? Um. Okay. So I guess. I'll briefly start. Um, I, I think one thing that worked quite well is all of us had similar views slash expectations. As in, we were we we didn't really go in with the mindset of yeah we got to win we got to put our hardest effort. It was more like let me sign up to this competition let's have fun and do it type thing. So it was so we always had like that similar interest. As in like we might if we leave something to the last minute or the call you know we might not agree. It wasn't like a big deal for us. It was kind of like oh yeah. You know, we're pretty chill. Because I know sometimes you can get, like, conflicts of interest when some guy is trying to win this competition and another guy is kind of just, you know, freeloading at that point. I think that was one big thing on kind of us getting into that uh, momentum. What do you think, Amitabh? Yeah, we all kind of had that perspective of just trying to do something outside of school, just, like, sign up to three different competitions, see what happens. And it was that just because I think we had that similar, yeah, outlook on, on the actual competition as well. We were chill but also like we knew that if we did like kind of pull through in the last couple of days then we could um get something achieved like achieve something out of it and i think that's what we ended up doing was like making the presentations like in the last three nights and then yeah just like preparing memorizing them like on the last day on the day as well probably um yeah, yeah just like ended up presenting them and we were i feel like we were surprised to some extent as well yeah. Because we didn't know what to expect from like the first big physics, um, but yeah, it ended up working out, and then it was yeah, and it was like this can actually this is like actually it's a workable thing where we can just like have a similar perspective on it and just kind of pull through somehow pull through um in like the last in that last minute yeah yeah I, I one thing i do want to mention i think a big thing was just signing up to the competition i think a lot of uh students were always like oh yeah you guys win everything but then when you ask them did you sign up or like did you anyone else They're like no i didn't so it's like of course we won because we, we, we were like the only few kids that signed up from joe monash type thing i think a big difference is like actually giving it a go obviously we would have never realized we won these things we never really did physics that much before it was kind of just we gave it a shot and then it worked and we kept going. And I think uh, that's a big difference in why you see us keep going up to the podium so much because instead of doing like one competition and winning it, we did like 10 and then we'd win three. And you obviously don't hear about the ones we don't win. So that's why there's a higher frequency of us going up to the podium, um, you know, being called up a lot as well. It's a fair point. I think um, with school... There was like a stigma that like 
oh, they're going to win it because it's them. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. I think everyone kind of adapted to that mentality. So, like, how did you feel about that when people are just like, you know, a lot of people I feel like that's a cop-out for them to kind of go like, yeah, that's why I'm not trying. So, like, how do you feel about that, I guess? Um, I think – no, no, you're right. I think that's a really good point because I think a lot of students got – I think one thing was a lot of students when they joined John Monash, they got the big fish, little ponds um, feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I think everyone felt it. But I think, um, I don't know if it's in, in a form of arrogance or anything, but I think because we didn't feel it as much, we felt more confident in signing up to these things. Um, I think it's really demoralizing if you join a school and you're basically forgotten or, you know, you're not really getting what you used to. Um, whereas we were still like uh, scoring quite high at John Monash. So I think that was a big reason for us. It was like, um, you know, it's not a big deal. But in regards like being looked up to, I think Amitha was mainly idolized a lot more than me. Um, as in, I would um, as Amitha was like, I think it was after the first two competitions or like the like the hand like the written ones, not the group ones, where you'd hear Amitha Madan perfect score in computational algorithmic thinking. Um, so I feel like I I wasn't really idolized. I, like I think later in year twelve, I think people did end up having that mentality. But I think throughout year 10 and 11, I think, I mean, that was a lot more, you know, oh, yeah, he's going to win the competition. Can't wait for him to come up. So I think it'd be good for Amitav to talk about what he thought. Is yeah, that- definitely. It was definitely a thing. I think after the first couple of competitions um, in year 10, like the first couple, I think it was ICAS and then like Olympiad or um, the computational algorithmic thinking one. Um, I don't know, to be honest, like to be completely I just don't kind of, I didn't know at the time for sure how to feel about it um, because I don't think so I'd been, I'd experienced that at an, at, at like anywhere else before that. Because if, if like my comparison point was India and like everyone else was smart there. So it's like, as in everyone else was like doing the same thing. So I wasn't like special at my school in India because like everyone else was also doing competitions and, because we kind of all had to do them. There's nothing else to do. Um, which is, it's it's not the best thing, of course, but but I think that's where because I'd done that, it just felt the most natural thing to do was to sign up to like ten different Olympiads and academic competitions, and then once I did well in them, it was just kind of I guess that the reputation sort of just stuck with um yeah like assembly being called up at assembly and like yeah just getting good scores in competitions, but I don't know I I I don't I mean obviously it's 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 weird when you're kind of put on that spotlight and be it's everyone's just like oh, obviously he's gonna get the perfect score yeah, yeah. like yeah like it's obviously not every time that I'll get the perfect score and also it's yeah it's I guess it's just it's weird it's all it also feels nice of course like it feels nice when you get recognized for something you've done and you've, you've done it well but yeah I, I I don't know how I feel about it completely it's all it's a bit yeah, conflicted. Yeah, I think um, what you said that was great is, like, you were comparing yourself to, like, how it was in India. So, like, I don't know if, mm. so, like, if I want to use humbled, but it's just, like, you felt like that's just how it is, you know? So as much as people were, like, praising you and everything, it was just, like, that's just how it is day in, day out. So Yeah, it was just, like, I'm not doing anything special that I wouldn't already be doing, like, over yeah. there. So- I get that. Yeah, I'm not doing anything revolutionary. That mm. was probably, yeah, that's how I, 
Yeah, that's definitely how it felt for sure. But but obviously, like I realized that oh, that's not the experience of people here, which means it's like because you don't do academic competition like year three over here. <laughs> I remember in year three, I I I was all of India in like rank two in like a science Olympiad, and I remember I got a laptop for it, and that was like a big. That was like the one big thing I did. But then the next year, two of my other friends got it. So it was like it it was always a thing which I saw other people around me do. Which meant it, yeah, it just didn't. In in the context of my school over there, it wasn't that big of a deal. It was certainly an achievement, but it wasn't like something magical. Which I think over here it makes more sense because not everyone's doing those academic competitions since like year one, two, three. So it's yeah, it's, I think it just in if you put it in context, it kind of makes sense why it looks such like such a big thing. Even though for me personally, it's, it doesn't feel like feel like it. Um, yeah. I, I do want to comment on that, sorry. Um, it, it is kind of sad to know that. I, I, it was something that you mentioned, Jerry. It was like saying that people felt like, oh, yeah, what's the point of signing up because they're going to win? I think that somewhat, it does, uh, we, like, thinking about that, it makes us feel somewhat really bad because that was not our intention, of course. Like, yes, I'm of mentioned, we were just kind of doing what we always do. Like, exactly. I also signed up to a lot of academic competitions as well. And in fact, it, the whole idea, like, being on the uh, when you present an award and someone goes and collects it the idea is to almost role model it and acknowledge so you acknowledge the person and then you kind of like inspire or um, give her a role model to others um and to, to you here is hearing that from you saying um that some people actually felt the opposite it's like oh what's the point of even signing up if they're gonna win it, it for us it's like that's not what we want obviously we we're not, we don't do it for recognition we do it because it's fun we actually genuinely enjoy doing these things and to know other people are like avoiding doing the same things we're doing just because we're going to get the award in fact you would never know like the competitions we lose someone else won uh, at the end um and it's never really like a what, zero-sum game which is like a game theory idea of someone's loss is another person's gain. even if you didn't win you get so much out of it just the experience sometimes it might just be eight hours of your week into that competition but what you get from it is like a lifelong experience for sure so it's somewhat um, like um, sad to hear that some people thought that because by no means that was not our intention and we were just doing it because we thought it was fun rather than um, let, let's take all the awards type thing. That was never, never our intention. Yeah, if anything, it's just like to encourage other people to get into it, you know, but there are always going to be people that will just be like, you know, it's a cop out almost. Yeah, um, I think, oh, oh, sorry, I just wanted to mention one thing. Yeah, sorry. I think one thing that could have actually like stopped that quite early is I think um, a lot of people, so there's a, it was a big cohort, like 230 kids. There's only a select few that personally knew us enough to kind of have, understand what was happening. I feel like if we were ever given the opportunity to like just speak about our experience, example, if we were just given like a five minute opportunity to speak, why do we do this? Why do we win? Why, why you should all try it out? I feel like that would have really just you know like it would have really brought and um, like removed the social distance i guess between us and the students because I, I i can understand some kids sitting at the back of assembly seeing like me and amita have come up heaps it's like oh yeah, great what, what can i do i'm sitting at the back i can't really do much i think kind of if we were ever given an opportunity to speak either during our schooling or after it kind of like calls out to that person sitting in the back um it's like you know what it's like we're not that special you can you should apply as well just because we're winning doesn't mean you should apply and just like that i think that would have easily like destroyed that stigma hopefully that we're also human and we we, we like people 
also applying because you know it's it's good fun. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I found that yeah. really insightful. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, I like the importance of context. Like, I think for a lot of us, um, I think people in our year level, we sort of probably knew you you guys a bit better than like younger year levels, and it's it's it, it really did stump a lot of us because we were like. You guys, like, I think if we highlight you, Pranil, um, and, like, Amitav Angad and Pranil in particular, like, a lot of us were really confused because we were like, these guys are, like, borderline geniuses, but at the same time, they're not socially isolated from the rest of us. Like, they're probably more in touch with, like, memes, in touch with everything that's going on in the culture than, like, a lot of us. And it's, it was, it was, it was interesting to see how much of a blend you guys were sort of mixing not being entirely like like nerded out and like yeah. s- still being so normal i think that's something that baffles me to this day like um yeah you guys are just like really good guys overall and like not wanting to push anyone else down for your betterness and whatnot but yeah uh, no I, I, we, we do appreciate like comments like that because for us we we um we have a, like a closed friend circle, so we don't get a talk. Example, honestly, I haven't talked to Raj and Jerry for a long time. Um, you guys, so I feel it's like it's nice to know that you guys felt that way because we didn't want to really distance ourselves from anyone, even though we didn't really talk to like everyone personally. Um, I guess it's nice to know we weren't kind of oh yeah, they win the competitions because they have no life type of thing. I guess it's nice because it you know for you guys, uh, for anyone actually like smart not smart whatever you want to say. It's nice to know that it, it can happen. You don't have to like sell your soul away to the devil to have these type of things happen to you, I guess. So, so we're really grateful you think that and we hope that's, that's nice to know. I remember you guys just being funny as well though. And that's like the thing. Um, I've heard that's, you know, like, cause you'd come through with some funny vids. I think year 12, especially, um, you know, and the videos that you did are like at assemblies and stuff. Like, you know, people would laugh so much. Like, they were highlights for sure. So, yeah, definitely bridge the gap. I remember that song at Year 12 Assembly. The, um, like, the rap song at Year 12 Assembly. That was... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 No, I think this interview is taking up the serious side, but we're really relaxed and chill. We we, we, we have, a, like, the cracker joke as well. I've got, like, a harmonica and a recorder. Like, I like to play in Zoom calls sometimes. <laughs> like, in fact, no, it's good fun. Mm. What, what did you guys do like during school like that's just away from all the the competitions away from all the study um what did you sort of do to keep busy really so I've, I've been playing lots of tabla since um year nine basically since we moved um i've been playing tabla which is i, I mean i don't know i'm not sure if you guys would not but it's like drums that you play with like your hands so it's a percussion instrument it's like north indian um cool. And I had been doing music in India as well, where it was like at the very start, again, it's like, it was like forced because like every kid has to do music. Um, but, but then like I started enjoying it a lot and then I did a lot of um, Indian classical music. So then I got into that um, from quite early on and I started really enjoying um, just like compositions and different styles of um, like Indian classical. There's like four different um, like schools of music basically. Um, in North India, and like I was kind of learning a mixture between two of them, which was really cool. 
Um, and so then, yeah, that, that kind of led me to continue music in some way here. But I really wanted to do like that Indian music. Um, so that's why I started playing tabla. So like, that's probably, I kept busy with that a lot at home. I'm just like playing lots of music because there's always like, um, yeah, just whenever I'm bored and like I need a break from something, I'll just play that. But in general, I I don't think so. I studied a lot either. So I, I like watched a lot of YouTube and Netflix and like all that kind of normal stuff, um, which you would expect from like any student, at, I guess, that age. I'm, I don't, I didn't study that much um, at home. So I'd never, I never thought actually I needed a break from school. I was never some, I don't think so. I felt that um, as a thing where it was like, okay, I've had too much study. I need to take a break. I don't know. I've never felt that. But then again, that's probably because I've been used to studying quite a bit compared to people here. So it's like a lot of the things come back to that kind of studious, like, um, yeah, experience before year nine. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of things come back to that comparison because that's like, that's what um, built me up to some extent. And then it was like a complete shift where now I don't really have to put as much time and effort into studying because it was just, yeah, it just didn't take up as much effort. Um, yeah. I, I guess, wait, do you want me to? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah you go. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Um, wait. Um, what was the question? Well, what else you do? Oh, what yeah. else? Sorry. No, I did a lot of music as well. So I played bass trombone. And I spent, I think I started in year six. So I spent a lot of time. I think a lot of the time I went to rehearsals on ensembles after school, practicing. That was really fun. I think in year 10 and 11, though, I played a lot of video games, probably too many. I think like a lot of League of Legends um, and a few other ones, uh, a lot, too much. Um, but I think near the end of year 11, I kind of phased out of it. And then I ended up um, doing more music. I did a lot of YouTube, a lot of YouTube, but I think I also did a lot of um, social media, as in I talked to my friends a lot on Messenger, rather than like posting and browsing. I did a lot of like talking with friends on Messenger. And I did study, but uh, it, it wasn't like, if you're expecting like some dedicated schedule or like, you know, X amount of hours per day, it was nothing like that. It was just kind of, it's really relaxed. It's like, oh, maybe got, you know, I've got a sack in a few days. Let me just kind of do some practice like type thing. So I think a lot of my time did go into like talking with friends, um, YouTube, watching movies, um, music, uh, and some of the competitions. Some of the competitions did take up a lot of time as well. But I think a big reason, like obviously, it feel it, we don't want to make it sound um, form of arrogance. I say, oh, we don't study, you know, we still get high marks. I think a big reason why we still got those high marks despite you know as not much study was because. The things we did outside of school were still related to the things we we're doing inside of school. So the physics competitions naturally developed physics understanding and knowledge, even though it wasn't study explicitly. Doing the competition itself was a form of learning, which ultimately cut down time we'd have to spend on, like, say, studying for the subject. And that time would just kind of go back and you know and make our life easier. So, for example, if you're doing physics that's ahead of the curriculum, then obviously you got to study less for. Um, yeah. The actual subject same with maths so we had a lot like example of recess and lunch even though you know we socialize and stuff um there are times when me and i'm thumb for neil we get around on the table and we have like a math problem or we'd have like some physics problem and we'd try to solve it something that's out of the curriculum or whatever but those type of experiences really like develop that type of thinking and i think that's really important as well it's more it's more so rather than the time you put in it's like the quality of time 
So instead of like quality over quantity, essentially. So we got a lot of that type of exposure to those competitions, harder extension work. So even though we didn't, you know, get um, study as much as like the answer, like what's the formula to getting high marks? There isn't, um, we think there is none. Everyone's got a different experience. And I think we were kind of like handicapped or like helped out by doing this, these other physics competitions and whatnot. Yeah, we were pretty normal, I guess. And even YouTube, like I would sometimes watch like science videos on YouTube or like some like scientist lecture on YouTube, which is like, it's just kind of extracurricular, but it's like, obviously I didn't watch it for the purpose of school or anything, but it's just like, you end up learning something anyway out of it. And it's like, so it was entertainment, but it ended up being kind of useful. So it's, yeah, lots of those kind of things, kinds of things, I think for sure. The extracurricular bit was, yeah, a big part of why we didn't have to, I guess, study as much as we probably would have without. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, Sorry, you go, Jerry. No, no, I was just saying, cool, you go on, you go. Um, I've got a question for Amitav. So um, once, once you sort of did make that move from India to Australia, going into John Monash and really branching out with the other two boys and going international, um, getting awards, winning competitions and whatnot, losing competitions and whatnot, um, getting that recognition. Do you think that if you were still in India, you'd still be able to have that sort of level of exposure and still learn as much as you have here or more or less maybe? That's a really good question. So this is actually something I I compared around last year when I was doing like a uni decision. I was like, where would I have been if we stayed there? And I realized just before we left, I was going to be joining um the so it's called fit it's basically the engineering it's a preparation for the engineering exam which is like the biggest exam that a lot of students in india go to and the prep st- for it starts in year nine and so you study for it i think it's like six hours every week you got to go to a class and then like six hours of homework or something like that and it's every week from year nine to twelve and then it's supposed to be like a major exam which people there's people that go to dummy schools where they just they they pay the school to get attendance and then they just study for that exam so they don't actually study for school they just study for the exam it's like that um important kind of um because that's like the entry barrier to the all the engineering schools in india so i was going to be studying for that so then if you're doing that much study for that specific exam i i would definitely say i wouldn't have had the exposure or the time not not like not compared to not anything compared to what i was able to do at john monash um, yeah, because it would, yeah, it would just have taken up that much time. Um, and, and the thing is because everyone's over there is really being, is like specializing themselves to just study for that exam. Everyone's good at that stuff. So it's like, it would have been harder, much harder to stand out because like everyone's literally just doing the same thing as you are. Um, whereas here, or like, even if you're not studying for the engineering exam, for example, you have the time to kind of explore different areas and then you can combine different, um, expertise, areas of expertise to make like your own unique combination. Like if you're doing music and then you're doing like public speaking or whatever, then you might be like, you might combine those two things into something. But if you're doing that engineering exam, you're not doing anything else because there's no time to do something else. Um, so yeah, that that's where I probably would have been. I don't okay. know if I would have stuck through it for the four years, to be honest, because it's quite intense. And like I've, so I've heard of like there's I've I have three cousins 
who are like two or three years older than me, who all kind of were really, really good in year nine. And then it sort of started getting to them. And by the end of it, they couldn't handle it anymore. And so they all like are doing different things, which aren't that good. So I don't know personally if I even would have been able to handle it either. But, but yeah, I would have been studying way more and not being exposed to anything else um, nearly as much as what I was able to do here. So yeah, really grateful that I was like able to come here and kind of experience everything that I did and continue to do now. Yeah. I was gonna ask. You, oh, you go. Oh, you go. You go. There you go. Now, this is just I don't know, kind of a question out of nowhere. Um, who, like, kind of, do you think was like a big influence aside from like your friend group, like at John Nash? Was there someone that kind of influenced you in a way like never before? The teacher, maybe something like that. Because I don't know. I feel like you had a pretty good relationship, both of you, with like Corky. Um, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say Corky actually. I was gonna yeah. say. He's always been like right from the start. So from like the first time we saw him, which was at, so I didn't go to like the introduction, the year nine presentation thing. But the first time I met him was at um our camp, like the first day of camp, I think. Yeah. And the, right, like right from the get go, it is like a wonderful impression of it. He's like super charismatic and just like this amazing principal. Like I, I'm sure you guys will agree, he's like one of the best principals of any school out there. And it's like that itself was. It not only got me excited about the school because, like, if the principal is such an amazing person, it's like you just get excited about the entire experience. But I think, yeah, just he has all, he's always been really inspirational because he's done he's done so many things while maintaining that super like humanized. Um, he's like super he's super related. He's like super relatable in the sense that you it's really easy to relate to him and just like see him as a person. And someone who's done so many things um, while just being like a normal human being that you can kind of banter with and just talk to. And I think that's that's probably the biggest thing that struck me, struck me about him. Yeah. I, th- I, I think with me it was, um, yeah, it was Mr. Cockle as well. I think I thought it summarized that pretty well. I think we, all three of us, me, Anthem, um, and Prudney all had some experiences. But mine was also Miss Granger. Actually, I have two people, Miss Granger. Um, the reason why is because she was my mentor, so from year 10 onwards, and she was my physics teacher, and she was one of my supervisors for one of the competitions. So naturally, um, she got a really good idea of kind of, you know, what I was about, how I was kind of think, um, thinking. But I think if I didn't pick Unit 2 physics, I would have never gone down this line. And a big reason why I was encouraged to go down that line and f- pick physics 3, 4, and then, you know, further on, it was because Miss Granger, she always... Um, encouraged me to continue physics and she always for some reason she just kind of engaged with my learning and it's physics was never so um in year nine at my old school I was doing like biomedicine as an elective so she was always kind of engaging my interest in the subject I'd basically never um, touched before um, so I think that was a big reason why I did a lot of the things I did was because Miss Granger was continuously like supporting me and she always wanted she always held me for the character I was never my achievements which was really like um 
humbling and also it, it kind of just sees through like all that facade around a person so example things like if i was late to mentor because of either i was you know talking with friends or i was at a meeting that stuff that was the thing that she cared about and i think those are the things that a lot of students um especially smart students you get into this bubble of ignorance it's like you know i'm invincible type thing but she always kept you down to earth um and reality so i thought that's really good because um, if someone didn't care about where I was at mentor or if someone didn't keep me in check with those type of things or just didn't, you know, encourage me in general, I, I'm sure I would have been completely different. So just those type of small things and um, made a big difference for me. Um, and also one more thing I wanted, one more person I want to mention. I think it was nice to have Amitav and Pranil along. I think hell, even though I wouldn't say necessarily like inspiration, I would say it was more like a healthy competition we had between each other. It was, it was like competition as in it was like encouragement. Like, look at these, my friends are so smart, you know, I want to live up to, you know, I want to be able to compete with them, have fun with them. Because if you want to join in the conversations, you got to know the stuff or, you know, things like that. So I think that was really good because at my old school, um, I had a really good group of friends, but academic wise, we weren't very um, stimulated and we weren't really thinking that much as, you know, you're just about having fun. And, you know. So I think a big difference is having a friend group that was similar interest, similar in line. And I think that made a really big difference. Um, it kind of compounded. If you think about like, you know, compound interest is the same as like compound experience. You're 10, then you're 11, then you're 12. And soon enough, you know, lead on to the future as well. I think that makes a big difference around just the friends. And of course, Mr. Corporal, I think everyone can agree with that. Yeah, both of you. Yeah. I remember we, me and Raj had on Miss Granger uh, in year 10. And, yeah. like, yeah, she was such a nice – even, like, Corky, though, because um, we had him for year 11 methods. Um, yeah. And I was kind of a bit over that, like, all over the place for a bit. And, you know, I thought I could kind of just, like, get through the – like, through, through methods, get into, like, year 12 and everything. But he noticed that I was kind of, like – I wasn't really saying anything. And he was willing to put in, like, the time, you know, after school or something if I needed help. And, like, yeah, it was just so surreal that, like – he was willing to do that. Like I had no idea. And um, yeah, I think that did it for me. So Corky is one. Big up to Corky. For sure. I think it's the idea of someone in like, in an important person acknowledging you as a person. I think like, regardless of how smart, who you are, like example, Jerry had a completely different experience from say Mio Amitav, but Mr. Cockle didn't see us for like those type of things. Just that experience that someone like Mr. Cockle, a principal, of like the only selective science school in like Victoria, let alone the country, is willing to take the time, the effort to even start a conversation, learn about you as a person, and then dedicate extra time, like Jerry said, outside of class. It it builds confidence and it gives like importance to the person. And it's like a it's like the magical touch. I'm sure everyone that's enjoyed Joe Manesh the most are the kids that have had the closest experience with Mr. Corkle. It's like someone like a, him acknowledging you and then you make you know it's a big difference i think yeah sure. so i fully agree with you yeah especially being in the environment where they really do foster that relation that focus on relationships with your friends and relationships with teachers building up level of respect with each other and it's a weird example uh that i have with me and jerry but when we did our half marathon together there'd always be moments where one of us would be more tired than the other and we'd push each other in moments where like 
one of us was struggling and it'd be that element of like, well, if he's still going, then I have to keep going with him. Did you guys ever have that? Like, she had, like dry spells of like, oh, I can't be bothered applying for a competition or I can't be bothered studying at all or anything like that? Um. Yeah, go ahead, Amitabh. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like that's kind of what Angered met before with like that um, kind of keeping each other up. So like you keep everyone like at one time a person sort of goes up, the next one's kind of a bit further on and a bit further on. So it's like the step is always incremental and then it kind of alternates between sort of us two or us three or like even more people. So it was always like that incremental, we kind of were able to pull each other up and keep pulling each other up kind of thing. So it was, I think, always um like that, and that's part of, yeah. I feel like that was that was a big part of why we were able to kind of progress together and like achieve whatever we were able to achieve. It was like, yeah, yeah. I think um if one of us didn't agree or have the incentive or even the idea, so example IYPT, which is the big one, which led us to Poland. That was me and Pernil's research bringing Amitav in. So even if it wasn't like a unanimous idea, we'd eventually get like someone to, um, you know, get the others on board. And I think that made a big difference because obviously when you're doing it by yourself, there's no one to, um, there's no one to what's it called like reject you, or there's no one to, um basically like conflict or conflict of um your idea it's like you say yes you say yes but when you have two people or three people you got multiple opinions and i think that um, at the end of the day it always led us to doing more rather than less so i think just like you jerry and um raj but you guys had your own experiences we had the exact same just the context was different changed like a sporting event to a academic competition absolutely no difference because i remember in brisbane we were like you know um Basically, I had stopped talking. Uh, my round was over. So it was Amitabh and Pranil taking it on. And that was like my time to encourage them. Oh, yeah, we can do this. We can do this. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? You, I think we can do it. Um, and I think the same goes exactly the same with sports and even music, leadership, everything. I think the it, it's human nature at the end of the day rather than a smart or whoever you are. Yeah, for sure, I agree. Yeah, on the, topic, <laughs> on the topic of Poland, let us know because you guys have been like around the world. Where's your favorite place you've been to? Where's maybe even the worst place you've been to? Like what's your experiences like? Oh, okay. Mine, I'll start because I actually haven't been to that many places. I've been to Poland for the International Young Physicist Tournament and then I went to Singapore for the Singapore International Maths Challenge. And then the only other country I've been to is India. So like I actually <laughs> <laughs> any other places other than that but i enjoyed singapore a lot like it's a really cool it's a really small but really sophisticated and really cool um, middle country it's like it's really nice um super organized and all that kind of thing but like i love melbourne as well because for me it's like this is also kind of not not where i started so it doesn't i mean now it probably does wait more than when i came but now it does feel like home but yeah it's been like a new home for me kind of thing. So I've been like settling in has been my experience of like overseas. Um, yeah. Um, for me, I think, I guess I'll start with worst. Uh, um, I wouldn't say worst, like um, I wouldn't say worst country. So I've been a few places, um, but in regards to kind of more relevant, I, when I went to Singapore for the international student science fair, that was really fun because we had car and stuff around. But like the venue is just really bad, you know, air, no air conditions, really hot. And when we got there at the place, so we wanted to go to like Sentosa Island and those things. But, you know, um, 
yeah, I'm not going to put it on anyone, but eventually we came to the decision, let's just take the first days of break and sit in the really bad dormitories. It wasn't a hotel or a motel, it was a dormitory, like uni dormitories. So we sat there doing like nothing. We basically did nothing for like six hours while the US team went to Sentosa oh, no. Island and had a great time oh. and came back. And then now we were like, oh yeah, let's do it another time. Then basically the event started and then we left on the day the event ended. So we basically missed out the whole thing. So I was pretty lucky because I've been to Singapore with my family, like a proper trip. But there, I think the other, um, the girl with, um, with us, she hadn't, she was her first time in Singapore and she got no proper sightseeing at all. Just because we decided to back. slack off on the first day and basically stay in the really crappy dormitories. But yeah. Okay. yeah. No. Did Marge disconnect or? Uh, I think that might be Jerry. Oh, Jerry, no, sorry. Yeah, I think we lost Jerry there. It was me, it was me, it was me. Are you back on the call, or? Yeah, wait. There we go. Oh, okay. My bad, my... Oh, no. My, my Wi-Fi went out. We'll just resume now. We'll just resume from there. Oh, we can't hear uh, you, Jerry. Yeah, we'll edit that out. Is this just me? <laughs> I can hear. Uh, can you hear? Is it all good? Um, oh, maybe it's just me. Uh, should be fine. Favorite place? What are we saying? Oh, favorite, yeah, favorite place. Um, I think Pol- um, Poland was really good. Um, that was a really fun trip. I think just seeing Europe. Um, so we were in like the inner city. Um, so basically everything was super old. It was like 60 to 100 years old. And I think it was a completely different environment. So I've been to like, you know, some of the Asian countries, you know, Singapore, Japan, Hong Kong, um, or like US, uh, Canada, India. Those places are nice and all, but I think Poland was like a really different experience because the atmosphere is different. The food is nice. Um. And the event was really good as well. I think the co- the reason why we were there is a big difference because we got sightseeing. We also got the competition aspect, and we also met a lot of people, meeting people from, um, you know, rather than foreign like um, you know, locals from the country, we met like foreign people also uh, traveling. So different competitors from all around the world. So I think Poland is the best in my opinion in terms of just in general. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that was. Was that was that it, the probably the biggest tournament you've been to or the competition you guys have been to or? Yeah, I think so. Undoubtedly. Yeah, and it was the longest trip as well. So and it was the most recent. So we're like the oldest, which means we probably like remember more of it and kind of just like yeah, have experienced um it in the best way. Yeah. Right. And so, what did you have to do to get there? Especially was it was it because it couldn't have been easy. Ooh, so we we first signed up to the Australian one. That was the one in Brisbane. So that was the Australian Young Physicist Tournament. Um, so that was a like a national one rather. Um, so we basically just have to like um, go to Brisbane and compete for like three days. Um, there were like a, I don't know. I think there was a dozen teams. It wasn't too many teams. But it was like a dozen. They're mainly from like the private schools around Australia. Um, was it hard? I think it was more so it was unexpected what we were getting ourselves into. So it was hard in the sense there was some good competition, but I think everyone was, uh, because it's one of the, it's not like a competition where you have like physics problems, set content, you kind of just do it. This is experimental stuff. So anything could go. And it was, um, it was completely different from some of the conventional Olympiads where you're basically sitting there for three hours writing paper. We basically had to do presentations, like debating. Essentially, it was like debating and public speaking plus physics. Um, so that was really unexpected. So I think um, it was hard, yeah, for sure, because we basically were going in with no clue what to expect. Um, and we, we worked there as, long, oh, as well. So on the plane fight, we worked. Um, at night, we worked. 
okay. on the trips we worked because we, we, we weren't fully prepared. I think um, there's some things we had to, you know, polish up and fix up. So we, we were working constantly as in uh, still getting stuff down. So yeah, for sure. I think that was, um, it was hard. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lots of fun for sure. I think there's something we need to talk about because Jerry and I found this and it was it was unbelievable. Can you guys please explain how you got five thousand dollars from BMW? Oh yeah, five thousand dollars. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um it's actually quite it was actually quite a surprise like when A when we got it, but like there's a story behind how we actually signed up to the competition. It was actually from an Instagram ad or a Facebook ad. Um I so we Instagram and, one, yeah. I think one of us, I think, yeah, it was, I think Angus saw the ad somewhere and then he was like, he sent it to me because, okay, Angus follows like cars. So he's, he's like, it's BMW on his feed. I, I don't know. But yeah, so he just sent the competition and it was, I think it was a couple, it was pretty close to the closing date of, of it as well. <laughs> just like lots of other things we signed up to. Oh, yeah. um, but it was, uh, it ended up being, we ended up doing it like, pretty close to the end um but yeah it was it basically we had to come up with um a so it, the idea of it was how do you envision melbourne's transportation system in 2040 so like in 20 in 21 years from now 2021 years from now so like a futuristic view of like sustainable transport and city design and how you kind of view it so you just have to come up you have to come up with one idea that you could envision BMW or like someone implementing in the car space. Um, so it was like pretty, pretty different to anything else that you normally see. It wasn't necessarily an academic thing. Like it wasn't physics or maths or something. It was more like kind of visionary. So sort of just like imagining how something might look like in the future. Um, so yeah, that was really cool. And then we came up with so different ideas. Mine was about like a, a hyper-connected city, which is like, kind of everything talks to each other and so it's things like um smart systems in like traffic signals so you've got like um there's no like you do, you end up with a system where you don't really need lights to turn red or nearly as much as they do so instead of it just being like a time thing or something you're tracking like cars based on like and anonymously of course but like you're able to track the traffic flow of the city and then you're able to manage like traffic signals according to that and then stuff like pedestrians are sort of integrated into it. It's like one of those, um, one of those gifts um, where you know how it, like there's like cars and bikes and everything going everywhere, but everything sort of nothing's yeah. coming to each other. It's like a perfect um dance. like really aesthetic ones. Yeah, yeah, those ones. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of like that was the idea of like that's how the city, entire city, should work. So yeah, that's how that's um what I did, and then. Yeah, mine was like um, I did like a design brief, so I did like full, like diagrams and blueprint type things. Basically, it was like a it was like a gas canister thing that would go at the end of your car exhaust. So the idea was like obviously not everyone's gonna be af- able to afford a Tesla in like the next ten fifteen years because the prices are still gonna be pretty high. So the idea was instead of um, focusing on making electric vehicles cheaper, why don't we make an alternative for petrol and diesel cars? So we can keep them on track rather than removing them. Can we like make them work? So the idea was like, oh, you, it's like a canister. So like this drink bottle, I guess, um, something larger. And you stick it in the exhaust of the car 
and it basically had like a vacuum, like a tight seal. And it basically like collect all the gases um, from the car. And basically I had like a mechanism on how you put it into different size exhausts and stuff. So you kind of like, um, if you know how like a, uh, like a drill machine, you know how you kind of like put the screw inside uh, um, or like the thread, you kind of like, it make the diameter changes depending on how you twist it. The same idea is you put it in, you twist it until it tightens up. It collects the gas. So this is like something cheap anyone can buy rather than a whole new car. So you can put it in any car. And then you go to the petrol station and you pretty much deposit it. And that would be basically put into the grid as in they'd use those gases like the carbon monoxide and dioxide as a form of like, you know, your chemistry stuff, fuel cells and things, making energy in back in the grid. And you get like incentives like, okay, if you, you know, here's like some, like here's like 20 cents for collecting these gases. And there you go. You just put it back in your car and you can keep driving. So it's kind of like an alternative to having to buy like a new Tesla. You can just buy this canister thing and stick it in your old, I don't know, 2012 Toyota Camry or something. That's so that crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. No, thank you. No, it was, good. It was, it was interesting because we, once again, we went in without expecting anything. I think yeah. I can probably pull up the messenger conversation. And me and Amitabh are just kind of like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, okay. Well, I guess we submitted, whatever. And then we got an email eventually saying, oh, yeah, come to the event. And I'd been to one of these events before, uh, like one of the like the I Awards, the one I did with Pernil. And I was like, oh, I'm like, you know, they send this email when you win, and like they they want you to come because they're gonna present an award to you. So I was already pretty skeptical. I was like, hold on, did we win or something? And I'm like, I was like, nah, they send it to everyone. So we asked Kailash, I think it was, and Kailash got an email as well. But little did we know, Kailash also won. So the, like I asked someone that also won. So we, in fact, that email was kind of like hinting to the idea that we actually won a prize, and they wanted us to be there so we could collect the prize. Um, so yeah, it was completely unexpected for sure, but it's good fun. Nice. Um, we've got another, we've got another question that we sort of, we sort of discovered and we had, we wanted a little bit of context around. So we, we found that you guys had a name for your team called Newton's three Indians. (laughs) Yes. Give us a little context on that. I, th- I think I, I I made the name. Was it me? I'm the I think I think it was. Yeah. It's based on Newton's three laws of motion. So that could you just chuck the Indians at the back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> originally, it was actually called Brownian motion, which is um. So it, it wasn't a racist thing. You know, Brownian motion is like a basically a physics idea. Um, that basically says like you know particles on like nanoscale, like microscale or something. They basically vibrate in random directions. Um, so that was. Brownian motion. And then we're like, oh, wait, we're brown. Motion, physics. Let's call ourselves a Brownian motion. But I think that's when we kind of drew the line because we're like, okay, maybe that's bordering onto the a little bit offensive category. So we're like, you know what? Newton's three Indians works. Um, yeah, my parents actually got upset at me for making it Newton's three Indians. They're like, oh, this is so disrespectful. Are you trying to decent? Like, they're like, are you trying to create a cultural divide between us and them? And there's like, I was like, no, it's just a joke. They're like, no, it's everywhere. They've plastered it onto the like the poster. It says Newton's three Indians. That's not good. You don't want to look Indian. It's Australian culture. You want to be like them and be Australian. So my parents thought it was kind of con- um controversial, but I thought it was pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, so. The shock was when it was like printed in big fat letters on the yeah. Yeah. that we had to stand in front of. That's when we we're like, oh my god, it's actually printed and like properly there. We thought no one was gonna use the name. It was just like a team signing up thing for the online form, but it was actually like a proper 
yeah, official thing. You guys have uh, done your research for sure. I uh, just wanted to ask Angad about to you, like, uh, just the journey from playing um, music, just um, from the beginner stage to uh, a solo piece, how that all came to be. I don't know, the, the effort that went in and stuff. Yeah, that's a really good question. So at first, um, I did play a bit of music when I was young, just guitar. I think everyone kind of goes through that phase of playing guitar or piano at one point or another. Um, but when I, so I moved schools in year five, year, year six, and um, most private schools kind of force you to like play instruments. Um, so I was kind of forced into picking an instrument and I had two options, it was like French horn or trombone. So I picked, so I picked trombone um, because it looked cooler, you know, the slidey thing. Um, at first, you know, the first year, it's like you kind of just get forced into playing it. You know, you just, you know, you're not really interested. Um, but I think I had a really good teacher. I think it kind of leads to the same idea of having someone like Granger, someone like Corkill, someone like your parents, someone like a you know, music teacher. I think that made a really big difference because he continuously encouraged me like while i'm sounding like a fart machine right the typical trombone sounds he's telling me no no this is great i've seen like you know students learn this quickly this is great and even though like if you put me out of context and chuck me in a room i'd basically sound like terrible but just that type of inflam that feedback i was getting from my teachers like this is good like you know students like um you know struggle to do this you're doing a really good job that kind of just like encouraged me to continue and for me i kind of like oh yeah this is not you know I guess I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this. I'm learning. It's a good break from academics. So I continued it. Then my teacher left. He moved to like another school. Um, then another teacher came in. That's when like um, he really took things to the next level because he was a part of like uh, the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra and like you know the, the big the big uh, names you hear in Australia. He was one of their trombonists and he still is. Um, so he really nailed down those nitty gritty things and he like really pushed me to practice more and also encouraged me to pick up bass trombone. So bass trombone is not the same as trombone. Trombone is like what you usually see. Bass trombone is like the, um, the beefier version, I guess. It's like a baritone saxophone versus like a tenor sax type thing or an alto sax. Um, so he taught, he encouraged me to pick it up and he had lots of experience. So he automatically just inspired me to do more. He played these recordings for me in, um, in our sessions. He gave me hard music. He even showed the stuff he was doing in his orchestra. And for me, it's like, wow, I'm getting like, this is so cool. I'm, I sound, you know, like him. I'm playing with him. Um, it's kind of like if you play sports, it's, you know, um, it's nice to play with an instructor kind of, you know, example, if you're playing, I don't know, Roger, you play tennis, right? Um, yeah. so I, I'm not sure if playing against like your coach or something is a lot more, um, engaging than playing, yeah. you know, against yeah. like a wall or something. So that was like what I was doing. I was playing with him. He was like criticizing, oh, your tuning's off this and that. I was playing with him and I felt like I was in an orchestra just in the room and that like, um, it's from there on, I just kept playing. Then I moved to John Monash. Uh, Mr. Smythe, the John Monash music teacher, he kept encouraging. So you're probably wondering, so where, where's the catch? Where's the, like, how does it go from one step to another? Like, how do I go from playing to Hammerhold? I think it was just persistence. And I think naturally I picked it up quickly. So I learned quicker as well. So my progression wasn't as long as, you know, someone like playing for 14 years type thing. And I think opportunities. Uh, I forgot what it was. I pretty much just asked uh, Mr. Smythe. I was like, can I play a solo piece at Hamer Hall? <laughs> yeah, no, I just asked him. So basically, there's an event every year, right? It's called NEVR. 
Um, it was called NEVR, uh, where they basically get like everyone from the northeastern region to play music, so Box Hill, those type of schools. And uh, you know, I was gonna join the ensemble like I did every year. So I just because I I was I reached a point where I could play like those type of pieces now, and it was fun. So I got to rehearse in like um, some of the venues in the city. So I was already playing music outside. I was one of I was in one of the youth orchestras in Victoria. For a while, so I only got an opportunity to play in these really big venues, and it was really fun. But I never got like a solo experience, like just one person, one piano play. It was always like a group of like you know fifty kids and like you know fifty violins and stuff like that. So I just asked him, "Is like, oh, can I play a solo piece at this event?" At first, he was kind of just standing, like he was just like, "Okay, um, well, there's no really real application to it type thing." So, but he was already kind of accustomed, knew a lot of the people in that ran the event. So he went in, he managed to somehow, like, convince them to get, you know, this me, the application for it. So he gave me an application, he's like, oh, you gotta play, send a recording in. So we quickly, like, rushed it together, sent it in. And then he's like, oh, I don't know. He's like, you know what, to be honest, I, I don't know what they're gonna say. Because usually, you don't get a bass trombone player playing a solo piece. It's like a violinist, a pianist, or, you know, whatnot. And then, for so- then he's like, one day, like, in our lesson, he's like, good news, um, you... you you got the solo piece like the th- out of the three people is like you someone else and another guy so wait me playing a solo on bass trombone um so to be honest it wasn't like the it wasn't like one of those things where you're like you're naturally progressing to that stage that you're basically waiting for it's not like a thing that everyone gets to do um mm. as an uh you know example maybe if you're playing sports you reach, eventually reach national level right that's kind of like the goal type thing you reach that stage for music it's just you keep going you you know wherever it takes you so it's more like a kind of I kind of went for that opportunity and just I just asked and eventually somehow all the cards played in my favor, um, and in fact uh, I'm no by no means the best bass trombone player in the state. There's few kids around my age that are also really really good, um, that could have had that same opportunity maybe if they just asked or went a little bit further and um, I don't know pulled some strings here and there, but I think yeah I didn't have a um, I had, I think the teachers made a big difference. The influence I had, the teachers, the facilities, and the fact that I played at a high level. A lot of people around me were already at a very high level, so that kind of pushes you on. I think. How was the yeah. nerves though? Because I know it's like a solo piece. So, jeez. Um, yeah, your mouth kind of just like dries up. So I think I'm, I'm pretty good at stress management, I guess. Um, but I think even then, like, I even though my mind was okay, my bo- my physical body was not. So like I like mentally, I was prepared to go in. There's like two thousand, three thousand people sitting there. I can barely see their faces. There's like a stage light, and there's a pianist what waiting for me to say go. Um, so, um, so the mental prep was there. I was like, okay, I know what what's gonna look like. I know what's gonna feel like. I know how to handle it. But my mouth, the thing that actually plays the instrument, is drying up. I'm constantly like sipping on my drink bottle on the stage door, and. In fact, just like that, my body actually tripped a few times. So at the end, I actually made a decent amount of mistakes. Like you couldn't hear them. If you were like an audience, you you wouldn't have realized. But as a like a trombonist, you would be like, okay, okay. Is like, oh, the person that knew the piece at least, maybe not even a trombonist. So for me, it was like, okay, that wasn't my best. Obviously, audience don't really realize. But yeah, for sure, you're right about nerves. Um, my my mouth and my body couldn't handle it as well as my mind, and I think that yeah. it's just natural, I guess. Of course, yeah. yeah. Still smashed it, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, you got it done. 
Yeah, no, for sure. When you when you when you leave, like anything, when you're doing yeah. a competition, I'm sure if you guys have done any your fair share, whatever it is, um, tennis or um, sports or even boxing. I know you do boxing. Um, it's <laughs> yeah, no, I listen. Don't worry. <laughs> um, it's uh. it's when you move out. It's like that satisfying feeling. It's like I'm glad I signed up. I'm glad sure. I did this, yeah. even if it wasn't the best. It's like it's oh, you can't. It's you're the end. It's, you're at the peak. You finished. Um, yeah. That's always the best feeling. So. Yeah, it, it's the craziest thing because I remember like uh, in year like seven, eight, nine, I'd be part of orchestra, and like we'd go to like Hammer Hall and we'd see the MSO perform, and I'd always be like, "Damn, that's sick!" And then I was like scrolling on Facebook one night and I saw that she performed at Hammer Hall. I was like, "No way, that's insane!" Yeah, um, but yeah, that's sick, man. Respect. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, it's it's yeah. nice to know you guys actually found it. Um, it's humbling to know that I guess stuff like that's acknowledged, and you're you're asking questions about it. No, that, yeah. no, for sure. And like even in relation to that, so Angad had his, uh, like, music teachers throughout. Um, Amitabh, did you have that for tabla? Like moving, it, you said you started playing in year nine. Did you play that ever at like Scottish High or Mount Waverley Sec or? <laughs> no, I didn't. I never. I played tabla after that coming. I'm surprised that you know about Scottish high. Like, <laughs> you definitely done your research. It's like dug deep. Um, but yeah, I I played. I started playing tabla after I came here. Before that, it was all always keyboard. Um, like and harmonium keyboard basically. Um, but it was always in the same field, so it's always like Indian classical. It's the same music, but I was just like now I'm playing a different instrument with it. Um, but yeah, both my teachers, so my my keyboard teacher was like an amazing teacher. Um, he used to play at lots of um, like concerts and um, it was always, yeah, like lots of concerts and temples and that kind of thing as well. So it's like really um, busy. He's a bit like busy, busy guy. He's really, um, really experienced as well. So like he knew stuff and it was really cool to, with, with the keyboard part, it was always um, like those two different schools of music and like kind of finding that um, fusion between them. Which was the that was the like intellectually stimulating bit with with the keyboard, um with tabla it's always it's more just like kind of getting exposed to all the different types of like accompaniment you can be part of because with tabla is more of a it's more of like a secondary instrument as in it's always like accompanied accompaniment with some songs or like some kind of music there's less of a solo aspect to it there is tabla solo as well but it's like less of less prominent um with especially here so it's like yeah but always like yeah 100 percent. it's like full credit to my teachers like both for keyboard and tabla to who keep like just in keeping interest is like a big thing and they keep like telling every lesson i've learned something new about it something new about the history something new about the like the instrument itself or like different musicians that are playing it and that kind of thing it's always like i like i'm really interested by indian history and like just lots of different cultural things that then find their way into like stuff like music for example there's like kings or the, who had like some specific kingdoms in the past who had musicians in their courts and that those musicians were so good that eventually those schools of music came to be known after those musicians and those kings were like part of yeah. kind of propagating that school of music so stuff like that i just find really fun and like interesting yeah. always I, I, sorry, I wanted to mention, um, there's a slight tangent, but the idea of teachers and role models, um, yeah. I feel like, 
I think uh, teach th- those like the teachers really we acknowledge. I think sometimes uh, we can kind of get into that um, idea of like that smart kid doesn't really show gratitude for like the people that got him there. I feel like for me at least, um, if you took the teacher away, if you took Miss Granger away, if you took Parkle away, even if you took the school, I would not be the same person. I would not have the sure. same achievements. I know some kids is like, oh yeah, you take everything away and they're still going to be the same. You know, like some of that's just nailed on the textbook or whatever. But I think. No doubt, that's always been a really big thing. And that's why a big reason we enjoy tutoring and teaching kids. I'm sure you might ask about that later. On, <laughs> I was going to. Yeah, yeah <laughs> no, don't worry. I, I, I'll, I'll leave it for later. Um, <laughs> I don't want to spoil your plan, but I, that's a big reason why we actually do the stuff we do. It's because we know that makes a big in, it made a big influence to us. So we can do the same to other people as well. And um, I just wanted to comment on like role models as well. I'm sure Jerry, you know, your Facebook, oh, not your Facebook, your YouTube feeds filled with like boxing matches, you know, those yeah. top boxers. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Raj, yours is probably finished with like um, filled with like recent matches and stuff from tennis, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, was maybe, I'm not sure if it still is. And I mean, I was got um, Tabla playing, and I had mine, was, I was filled with like bass trombones playing like excerpts. Like I'd probably watch 20 different videos on the same two minute piece. And I think that makes a big difference having that role model or even that like idea of like perfection of mastery. It's kind of like, um, you know, those type of influences make a big difference. If you expect to be the best, I don't know, the cricketer, and you're just sitting at home watching, like, funny cat videos rather than, you know, <laughs> watching, like, Ricky Ponting from the OG um, times, you know, um, you know, playing cricket, it's like, then, you know, there's a big difference there. So kind of exposing yourself to as much as you can. Like, I mean, I was talking about history. I think that kind of led me to think about this idea. If you're not doing those, that type of exposure to beyond just what you're doing like professionals ensembles music history and then that can make a big difference so like a lot of the kids around me that played trombone they were pretty good as well but i don't think so they had that same type of interest in no passion for the instrument example like you know i just be searching up everything i can and listening to the recordings as much because not because i was trying hard to be as best as i could but i genuinely enjoyed it um and classical music was something i enjoyed because of it um so yeah, I think that makes a big difference as well in regards to music and any type of hobby, I guess, or craft. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's so that's really important because I I'd played drums growing up, yep. and that'd be one of the instruments where I was told to play it from like like eight years old, and ever since then I've played. I've gone to ch- teachers and whatnot, but there was never that passion for it. There'd always be that constant reminder of I have to play at least 15, 20, 30 minutes a day in order for me to then go into my class and then like, you know, like do well. And do you think it's because you didn't, you didn't necessarily have that supervision on you that you could then, that level of freedom then allowed you to then go like above and beyond? Yeah, I think so. So obviously my teachers encouraged me to practice, but it was never, oh, it was never like a thing where my parents were like, oh, you got to practice, practice. It was, it was never like I had to like log my hours. So it, instead of like, um, I think that freedom kind of let me ex- uh, have a good relationship with the instrument. So rather than someone forcing me to discover the trombone, I discovered it myself, if that makes sense. Because I think when someone else forces you to do something, you always, 
you don't really get the same experience because you're always kind of like, oh man, they're making me do this. I kind of don't feel like doing it right now, you know? Um, but when yeah. I was kind of doing it in my own time, maybe if I wasn't even practicing every week, I'd still spend like time, oh yeah, let me just search up. That type of interest really like cultivates and builds over time. And that doesn't, um, that might not necessarily build mastery of the instrument, but it builds passion and interest. Because I can tell you now, there's going to be students that love the trombone, but they're not professionals at the end of the day. And they're not the best trombone players, but it's the passion. It's like the interest in like learning more about it or anything in general. You don't have to be the best as in, you know, the practicing is like, oh yeah, you got to get better and better and better. But maybe you can just, you know, just enjoy what you do. And rather than feeling forced to get better and better or like the best at what you do, you can just, you know, enjoy it. And I think that made a big difference. So rather than focusing on like, Oh yeah, I gotta keep getting back. I gotta hit these milestones. I gotta finish by this age. I was, it's more like, you know, I'm enjoying this and naturally I'm progressing. Um, and I'm sure you felt this different with drums, where it's like, oh, I gotta do this. I gotta drum this many times a um a week. And I'm sure you know Jerry feels a lot more attached to boxing because it's a personal decision rather than a forced decision for him. It's like. You know, I learn at my pace. I don't have to be the best. I've started a lot later than most people would have, but I enjoy it as much as I can. I don't need to be the best at what I'm boxing, but, you know, I've got the freedom to approach it however I want. Yeah, yeah I think it's bang on the head. And I think both of you, um, Amitav as well, um, talking about just the curiosity with, like, you know, the instrument and um, the history and everything, like, People talk about, oh, how did they do this and how did they do that? But it's like you genuinely don't feel like you're doing anything that insane. It's just like you just genuinely enjoy it. Um, and that's what, you know, takes you, I don't know, to a level that other people think is just like insane. And then you know that there's levels above you. So you're trying to like, you know, constantly evolve, evolve, evolve. And people are just like, you know, what's going on there? But yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I agree. Yep. Yeah, 100%. It's like the interest is a lot more sustainable if it's not forced from someone else. It's like coming from your own. So, But then from an external perspective, it looks like it's something magical when when yeah. you maybe yeah, haven't experienced that kind of interest with something before. So, yeah, it's like for sure. And even like for those listening who haven't necessarily found that thing where they have that passion for, what's something that you'd suggest where you'd be like, like it's worth sticking out for um try a hundred things until you find it like yeah. there there's so many different things there, there's so many different things to do and everyone's different everyone's like grown up different everyone has different interests so it's like if you don't i guess feel that with anything that you've been exposed to so far then especially if you're young, like at our age, it's like we, there's, there's no downside to anything to like exploring, just doing five different things and just, just trying them out. So like, if you've got a hunch, you might like to, I don't know, like write poems or like write story. I don't know anything, right? It's like, just try that. Try it for a month, try it for three months. You're not going to lose anything in terms of, cause right now it's not like you're sustaining a family or like anyone's dependent on you or like anything like that. So it's really, I think it's like the best time at, especially at our age, but also at any age, if you have the resource and the time to dedicate to just exploring things, you never know what might come out of it. And the worst, like the worst case is not nearly as bad as the best case, which is you found your new thing, which you now can pursue based on your own interest rather than having been forced onto it by like circumstance. 
Yeah. I th- I thought I'd go. Do you guys know who Bobby Fischer is by any chance? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Do you know Warren Buffett as well? Yeah. yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> um, there's a good quote by him. Is uh, um, it says, "How do you beat Bobby Fischer? Um, well, play him in a game other than chess." So, yeah. like, if you let that sink in, right? The idea is, um, I think we get conditioned to school being the, the academics being the only way. So, I think um, the good thing that happens in some schools is they offer more than just academics. Like, a reason why I do music is because I was offered music. Um, but I think we get into this habit of if I'm not good at you know maths, if I'm not good at this, our whole like our, our late years, at least like year nine to year twelve, we're just kind of forced into that period of doing things that we don't really want to do. I'm sure you guys probably didn't enjoy like half of your subjects as much as you would have wanted to, and that's because we get forced into it. So people also get into this habit. Oh, not habit. People don't get exposed to what they actually like. That idea of like the Bobby Fischer chess thing is like. Everyone's being forced into playing chess when someone's a master Scrabble player or someone wants to play Go or maybe even just snakes and ladders, right? Um, so I think, like Amitav said, that leads to Amitav's point. If you want to find what you like, you got to try more things. And someone's probably thinking, oh, does that just mean I, you know, I just scrap a career? Well, pick something you're good at and you're enjoying. Set that as the constant. So example, if you're good at your maths, maybe pick a science degree or whatever. But there's like, you know, there's like 12, 14 hours in a day. I'm sure you can try exploring some <laughs> things um, on the side. And it makes a big difference if you hunt out for those opportunities. And also acknowledging the fact that you may have not found what you enjoy. Um, in fact, for us, I, we feel like we're beginning. I think that'll lead back to the contour thing soon enough. But we feel like we've found something. But... Um, for us, we, like if you talked about Amitav or me in our course selections, we were pretty clueless. Like I did a course change in semester one already, and we just got started. You'd, like expect the kid that you know, like can get into any of the courses he wants, and he already did a course transfer, right? So it's all about like picking as many opportunities as you can and giving it all a go, and also acknowledging you might not enjoy everything and you might not be the best at everything. But you know, if you want to beat Bobby Fischer at the end of the day, you better play him in a different game than chess. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I thought that was a nice quote from Warren Buffett. Yeah. Do you want to get straight into just contour education for breakdown? Let's do it. You know? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Where did that have, like, you know, the beginning? We'll start there. Um, do you want me to start on yourself? Or? Oh, yeah, you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I, I, so I think it was, um, so in, in the middle of year, uh, in year 12 at least, I think, we had quite a lot of free time and also we finished physics and we were quite ahead of our thing. And we kind of got into this, um, we, we enjoyed actually helping really, people. Wait, what? Just casually finished physics like halfway oh, through the year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, not all physics, but we, we were, um, cause you know, we're doing uni physics and we we're a little bit ahead, but, um, um, <laughs> yeah, about that though. But I guess it, it offered us insight into the subject that you don't get in year 12, um, example, you don't get the full picture when you do chem. Um, you don't get the full picture when you do physics. So we had a really good picture of what was happening in physics, and that actually translated in us feeling a lot more passionate when we were helping people. So a lot of students obviously would come, you know, when you have an, uh, when you have such a, a resource to ask someone that's done the subject, been there and done that, why not use it? So a lot of students did ask us for help, and we got, you know, we enjoyed it a lot because we we weren't just telling them what was being taught. We were like giving them the idea of like. You know, physics is this. This is so cool. And they would ask us, "Oh, well, how would you do at Poland?" Or, and like things like that. And we get to talk about, you know, all about physics and stuff like that. Um, 
so eventually, you know, I think once we posted like a physics, we did two things that kind of started to lead up to the idea of contour. One was we made a f springs worksheet. So that was just like some fun physics three, four worksheet we made. We published it onto the Facebook group to help the kids out preparing for their sack. So that was one thing. Then the next is we did the Star Wars sack. Yeah, I yeah that. that that took, I think that took like 20 hours or more to make. And this was during our year 12 as well. Um, yeah. That was um, that was our first taste at being like oh, content creators or something, I guess. Or like kind of creating an influence. I don't know. Um, but it was fun. Like uh, can kind of contributing back, I think. <laughs> I, think a, I think a lot of students, especially like the smart ones, are always focused on like straight road ahead type thing. But we were kind of like, let's, you know. If I'm holding a bag of golden coins, let me chuck some behind the trail, right? So people can follow us along type thing. So that's when it kind of led to contours. So me and Amita, we wanted to find a job. We hadn't worked. So we were, um, we hadn't done any jobs in you know our school. Time. So obviously we wanted to find something to work with. And we were like, okay. Um, it's like the quote from Dark Knight. Don't do, um, what's it called? If you're good at something, don't do it for free. Um, so we're like, okay, so we enjoy teaching. We enjoy physics. Let's turn it into like a like a thing. So um, I think both of us were already exposed to business to begin with. Um, my dad um, uh, runs a company and so does Amitav's. So the first thing was how can we make it as effective as possible? As in like rather than teaching one kid for one hour, how can I teach 10 kids for one hour type of thing? And then keep scaling that onwards. So me and I was like, let's do something tutoring-wise. Like, let's actually make something. Something big. Something that's going to be sustainable. Something that's not going to be like, I'm locking up my weekends every day. Trying to tutor one kid at a time. Or one hour. Oh, next kid. One hour. Why can't I just make a huge impact? Ten at a time. So rather than pe being paid on our time, we had to get paid on our results. Um, so that's when the idea of contour started. So we, um, it was just me and Amitav at first. And I know there's probably questions like, oh, where's Pernil and, you know, where's everyone else? I'm sure that's always something people think of. But I think it was just something me and Amitav thought about first. And in fact, that was just, just, just me and Amitav. But then we thought, okay, um, what's something we're pretty good at that kids need? Mathematica, right? That's like the obvious choice, <laughs> Mathematica. Yep. So we didn't want to overcapitalize. We still had uni. So we decided, okay, who can we get help from? Mathematica, we're thinking Psy, so we got Psy. So that's where we started with our team. So, um, and from yeah, there on we basically like brainstorm names, brainstorm logos. I think I came about. I mentioned the name Contour from like you know Contour plot from Mathematica. Oh my remember? god! That's yeah, yeah. No, no, that, yeah, that's where I came from. That's so we. So yeah, no, I'm not joking. I came to my mind because we were thinking of words related to Mathematica. Uh, okay. some maths, yeah, yeah, and I think there's some calculus names and stuff as well. It was um, it was it was kind of boring at first. I was like, then I cut it. I was like, okay, contour, and then we started justifying it. We we're like, oh yeah, contour is like the makeup <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> then we we're like, oh yeah, you know, you shape your face. Then we we're like, oh yeah, you reshape education. Then you know, oh, we started damn. justifying. Yeah. Um. Then I, if you guys know Overwatch, maybe. Um, no, Overwatch, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the game. If you look at the logo, if you kind of tilt it to the side and then change oh. color around it's looking similar so i inspired the i didn't i didn't copy it but i inspired the logo from overwatch like the circle with the off cut thing so i made the logo kind of based on that and it worked perfectly i'm not sure if I'm, i've no. noticed some people actually haven't noticed but the blue is a c uh, i'm not sure if you've noticed it's like c then contour um, I know some it might seem pretty obvious but someone was like oh that's a c and kind of don't notice but um yeah that's okay. yeah that's where it kind of started from
Okay. And then how's yeah. it been going, essentially? You know? Um, it's, um, it's, I guess you could, has it exploded? Would you say exploded is the right word? Um, I mean, the, Grown I mean, at a pretty fast rate, yeah. Yeah, I guess when you look at the numbers standpoint and also like, yeah, in numbers standpoint at least, it doesn't feel as large as it uh, might be, but I think the numbers have accumulated to our surprise and we're super grateful for that because we couldn't have expected to do this in our first eight months of university or like 2020 considering covid so um but oh, yeah. it's going it's going very well i think and we have a lot of new people coming on board so we're picking up new tutors so so far it's just been us three now we're beginning to branch out how can we like make this bigger and better um so we've been picking up people from other schools i'm sure you guys have seen some of the ads going around about chemistry and things like that yeah we're, yeah so it's it's surprisingly going well and we're we're super stoked because it's good good fun I was just gonna say, like, yeah, good job for that. Like, that's such like respect, you know. It just started from like an idea, and we've even seen like the progression um, over time. Because yeah. I even saw like the pins. You like end oh, yeah, up the pins. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. That's mad, man. You know. <laughs> so big ups to you. That's great. No, thank you. Great. No, we appreciate. Yeah. You go. So yeah. Oh, me. oh, yeah, I was going to say, like, to be honest, we wouldn't have expected, like, last thing you would have expected is you're giving the pins out rather than you collecting the pins type thing. <laughs> um, so I think that was a, it, it's, it's a really visceral experience to be on the other end, I guess. Not of the pins, but, like, in general, um, yeah. when you're taking charge of your own thing, it's like, it's yours. Like, as in, it's not like I'm working for someone. It's, I have full access to, like, everything i can do anything type thing same as amita probably feels that way he feels like you know we're, we're in we own like our future type thing it's rather than you know let's finish the degree um then see who picks me up no instead we're employing people right now um so that's a completely like i don't know it's a humbling experience as well i guess because it's not something everyone can um have the opportunity to do so we're also super grateful for that no it's and sometimes up. it feels really weird and exciting because if it's like if we were just at school it's so it's like yeah it's been like cool. nine months since we did exams so it's yeah super super cool to think about sometimes as well yeah. Yeah. yeah flip the rolls yeah. real quick you know <laughs> yeah it's like, that's dope yeah nothing yeah. to respect that no i think the reason why your model works well is because i think from my experience coming into john monash i very much dislike science um and leaving john monash i'm not doing science by any means but i have grown that appreciation for it and i think that's what the teachers bring to the to the table and what the students bring to it and i think uh looking at the feedback that the students are giving not even what you guys are like advertising what they're saying um the effort you're putting into sacks the creativity that's involved in like the sack sack making. Um, I think that's why your model will work long-term because it means it keeps kids engaged and want to like, want to ask those questions rather than that standard like Kumon or, uh, yeah, yeah. or you know, like yeah, edgy kingdom or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, respect. Yeah, I think- yeah, I think what we saw was a lot of tutors in general tend to replicate the school model. So they're yeah. just kind of repeating the same thing with you're memorizing something and then you're regurgitating in a test and you're just kind of 
it's very mechanical and kind of not there's not much intuitive like thinking involved or like creativity involved and that's what i think is a big difference with what we try to do is yeah just make make it more intuitive make it more so you're like creative in the sense that you're 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 getting them to you're getting students to think about the topics rather than just memorize them that makes a difference with how you then tend to have a better relationship with the subject in general um, and just and eventually, I guess learning in general as well, like science learning or just just learning in general. Um, yeah, yeah. I th- I wanted to mention one more thing. I think in regards to Raj, you're saying with the effort into the sacks. I think a big difference is setting the bar high straight away. So rather yeah. than like kind of you know starting from like the scraps and kind of making a dodgy worksheet in like Arial font, you know we 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 set it high straight away as so we're gonna consistently if we're not hitting this bar for our resources if you have a look it looks like someone um like a professional has made them and obviously it takes us forever to make them but um it consistently like pushes us to hit that bar every time so in the long run it's going to like really pay off rather than us kind of taking baby steps up it's like we've hit the bar high um and kids like it and you know it's it's just going to carry on forward with that type of quality yeah. no yeah. and yeah off that where do you guys where do you guys see yourself so where to from here whether that be concert education whether that be um monash or melbourne um yeah what's what's ahead for you guys um i guess well, yeah <laughs> um <laughs> um so i think it's for us I, I guess you guys, I mean, a big, there's a common theme with, um, with what we've been talking about. It's like opportunities, do as much as you can, you know, explore more. Um, I think we're using the exact same mentality we did from school. So from school, it was more, more like VCs, the constant, and we kind of want to do explore more. So VC was always there. We weren't changing that. So instead of like, um, surrounding our life just with like VC and studies, we're like, okay, let's go explore these other things. The same is kind of going here. We know university is the constant; it's there. Um, so instead of just like focusing more and more, I'm sure we can, you know, up the marks, get higher grades. Um, let's do more, right? Do everything else. And obviously, if we didn't do contour, we'd be doing something else for sure. No doubt about that. It's not like a one thing. It's not like, oh, yeah, it worked. That's why we kept doing it. We'd probably have done something else if it failed or we didn't do it at all. Um, I think we've always been in that mentality of doing more rather than less. And more doesn't mean more work. More just means more like diversification, I guess, with what we do. Um, so in regards to what we think with the future, it's like, okay, so I guess I was talking to Aminta the other day about the idea. Why do we go to university, right? So the idea is, right, you go to university, you want qualifications so you can go get a job, right? You get a job because, um, so, okay, great, you want qualification. So why do you try in university? Well, the idea of trying is, one, you know, you learn the subject more, and the other one is you get a better grade. Why do you want a better grade? Well, you want a better grade so it looks better on your report. Why do you want a, like, a better-looking report or like a degree at the end? Why, is it, why do you want a high distinction rather than a pass? Well, the idea is you look more appealing to employers, right? You want to get a better chance of getting a better job, more opportunities. Um, why do you want a better job or that? Because you're going to get paid more. You're going to probably get a more enjoyable job, right? Rather than working in like on an office job, you're going to get something more hands-on. So you're basically enjoying it and you're getting paid better the more you try at uni. But for us, we're doing that now. As in, for us, it's like we're, we're getting paid well. Um, obviously it's not about the money, but like, that's just a bonus at this point, but we're enjoying what we do. So for us, it's like, um, 
well, you know, why does there need to be extra effort in the university when we can just keep pushing on contour? Because we basically skip the whole idea of doing the degree and we're doing it at the start of our degree. So for us, it's like, oh yeah, you know, this this is great. We can actually turn this into something in the future rather than, you know, going through like the normal pathway that I guess most of us would like to go through. I think that was our kind of take on it. Yeah. 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 Right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just like yeah. Why? Like why? Why delay by five years if we if it's right in front of us? Why not? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a fair point. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, we're still doing uni, so we'll still have the degrees mm. by the end of it. It's not like that's not gone. Um, so yeah, that's for something that's there still. But it's like the prioritization is kind of it shifted, changed. Yeah. Yeah. Just in a good position, yeah. I guess. You know. Yeah, we're lucky. We're for we're, we're we're lucky to be in this position. Not yeah. like we've obviously we've done quite a lot to get here. And you're probably you probably don't have an idea of the numbers and stuff. But just speaking on this standpoint, we're, we're we're really lucky to even you know have the numbers we have. Let alone um the success. Um, and you obviously might not see it as much because our social media is inactive. But in the classes, the kids, what they say personally, um, we're super lucky to even have that type of opportunity. Um, to begin with yeah 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 i found that really fascinating because i think i bumped into amitav like at unimail yeah. just one one morning and i was like we just like chatted about like everything that's going on and i found it interesting because like he was doing uh was it an economics intro intro micro yeah oh finance finance yeah finance, and i was like I f- yeah, because I was I was kind of like confused because I was like, damn, you guys were killing it in the physics game in high school. You guys were excelling in science and mathematics, but now it's like a full shift. It's like, like I think I was talking to Jerry about it one night. I was like, damn, like, like, yeah. Was that just the thought of wanting to try new things and branch out? Yeah, no, that was my entire perspective on first year uni was – I don't know that I want to pursue like say physics for the next three years or the next four years. And same for like either maths or any specific topic. It was always like, I'm curious, really curious about learning, but it, it doesn't, I know some things that I like, I know some things that I don't like, but there's not really one specific like subject or in, industry that I want to like focus on. That's why I was like, I'll just study as many things as I can into, uh, just fit as many things as I can into the year. That's why I'm doing like just everything, like maths, computer science, physics. Um, what else is there? Uh, engineering, finance, and law as well. So just like six different fields into one degree. And like it was, yeah, that that was the idea. Is I'll just do six different things, and hopefully by just elimination, but also by first being exposed to them, I'll be able to figure out better what might be something on a study that, and that's just from the study pathway. But obviously aside from that, there's contour and like the main focus right now is kind of that, that part as well. But yeah, with the studying aspect, I'll just like, just try different things. Cause I, I'm not really sure um, yeah, what to do, which I was like in the, kind of like the opposite problem. Cause it wasn't a matter of I'm restricted by courses because like yeah. I didn't, it was like the opposite but where I can yeah. go to any course, but I still don't know what I want to do. Yeah. So I was like equally as yes yeah, stuck or like in a bit in a yeah a bit of a situation, but yeah, I just chose the most broad degree I could. Yeah, and it really shows. Like I think for a lot of us, even in like from John Monash, like 
some of us who didn't even have like maybe even have that um, like that broad variety of options available to us we're still as lost as you are in a sense. <laughs> and then, I feel like yeah I feel like everyone at like 18 19 20 you can't tell where you want to be working at like 40 you can't of be course, like yeah. it's really hard and I'm, I'm like I'm some people can do that and that's really like good for them is they they know kind of what path they want to be on which is like really cool to yeah see them be able to figure it out this early but yeah there's like I just for me I was like never and I think a lot of people as well it's just fine to yeah. Yeah, be that sure about the future yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think with the idea, like you're mentioning, like, regardless of, you know, we did so much and now there's someone that may have not done as much still in the same boat. I think for us is like the opportunities we did, it gave us exposure and it gave us a reason not to do them, I guess. So we did quite a lot of physics. We loved it. We enjoyed it. It was like great. But, um, you know, we, we already did the university experience. And I think just kind of the idea of going further, there's few ideas and where that leads you to. But we weren't interested in those type of paths. And it's good because we got the exposure. So we didn't lock ourselves in a degree where we're, you know, like, do I leave? What else is there? So just like that, you know, physics, you know, uh, study wasn't like really something we wanted to do. You know, some other things we didn't want to do. So it's good because so the degrees we're doing now, like Amitav's not sure what he wants to do. And I'm still like, even though I've picked commerce and computer science, I'm still not 100% sure, you know, what I want to do. But it's something new at least. It's not going into like physics because I know what physics is like now. It's not going to music because I know what music is like. Um, so I think, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, do you sort of, to an extent, credit that to the the university extension subject, whether that be uni maths, uni physics, um, and the things you've done that incorporate uni life makes it feel like you've already lived like half the life before you've even jumped into it? Yeah, I think... Well, I think... definitely had more hours at uni last year than this year. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, just kind yeah, yeah. of. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that one thing that helped us see was perhaps, even though it's really interesting, like we still love physics, it's like, it's perhaps not something we want to pursue purely academically in the future. Like we want, we don't want to pursue like just theoretical physics for the rest of our degree. I think that's the main thing it helped yep. us with. But also exploring, just like going to uni every week was pretty cool as well. And like, I guess, yeah, it was really nice to sit in that class with a lecturer and see the perspective that university lecturers have. We didn't sit in a class with like other uni students, so it was still just a bunch of uni extension kids. But it's still like for sure a different experience to school. Yeah. Yes, really um interesting. I think one thing I had realized with uni versus school, um, and this is probably specific to VC, is a lot of the VCE subjects tend to be quite restrictive. It's like what's in the study design is exactly what will be assessed. There's no open-endedness to like the thinking of behind them. Whereas for uni, a lot of it was like, if you compare uni physics to physics three, four, uni physics was very flexible in the thinking. So it was quite like, this is what happens. Even if you're not learning the full, the full up to third year level of physics, we're still going to tell you that it's, there is more to it. It's not restrictive and it's not trying to like oversimplify things for no reason. Um, and I think, yeah, that was really cool with uni physics. It's a lot more flexible. 
I th- I just want to say I think that's a big reason why like the system the VC system somewhat flawed, um is you don't get the exposure you need to make such a big decision. So example, if there's a real like fixed curriculum that you don't have to be a top student to actually get an idea of what you want to do, then we won't have the issue of people picking arts degrees and you know no that's yeah. not an issue with doing arts degrees, but now it's becoming an issue because there's an influx of students doing arts because yeah. that's their like cop out degree. Then you won't have the issue of not enough people doing maths and science it's if there is it's more about like it's like you know if you can't blame a kid for like having uh, social issues when he's 18 when he basically got bullied when he was like three four five the same goes here you can't blame someone for picking this degree or getting into this job prospect or not getting a job to begin with if they basically had no opportunities in your 10 11 12 um and i think that's a big thing the university physics even though even if you had some sort of experience like we have work experience where's uni experience right um so i think that for sure it made a really big difference for us and i think you just learn so much more it's completely different as in um uh, you know like what you get exposed to because if i'm sure if you guys could like somehow manage to like relay the experience you've had this year into like your past year self. Your yeah, decisions yeah. would have been different. You guys would have had a different mindset, and you wouldn't have gone through that really annoying process of you know, where where like the course selection feels like one of the hardest things you've done, and like yeah. you're basically dooming yourself if you put it second pref rather than first pref type thing. It you know it, it, there's a big um, uh, you know, hole in that uh. Uh, system, but we thought uni physics really filled up for us in one aspect at least. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I think uni is just, you know, pace yourself the way you want to pace yourself. You know, there's no rush. Um, as long as you end up doing something that you love, like that's all that matters. You know. So. Something yeah, simple. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is a this is a bit of a tangent, but there's this really interesting idea by Naval, who's like a, some guy in Silicon Valley. He was talking about like the reason schools still exist, like as they do today, is schools actually came about in like I don't know, 1400, 1500, that sort of period where they needed institutions to babysit kids while the parents went to do like labor or whatever else, and that's yeah. the reason why schools as a it's kind of like a prison to keep the kids in there <laughs> while the adults can go and do their own stuff. Like they're big. Because <laughs> if you just let the kids kind of roam around, they're going to create yeah. them. And so that's why, which was really interesting because like that's not, obviously we know today in the day of like, in the yeah. of like Google, you don't need to memorize things. And this is all like what kind of what he said. This isn't my like input. It's more what like it's coming from him, but it's like, really cool because it makes it kind of makes sense is we don't the focus of a school a lot of it is like memory and you're just kind of learning stuff and then you're just putting spitting it out in an exam and then you kind of just forget about it after which you don't need when you can just search it up so it's like learning today could be a lot different yeah it was say 50 years ago and like 300 years ago probably which is like yeah yeah yeah, it's fascinating because I was literally in my Inglang tutoring last week and we went over the 2019 exam and I was like, I don't remember doing this text. Like I was looking at the text and I was like, I swear I've never looked at this text in my life. Um, yeah. 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 
I think yeah, because the type of memorization we're doing is like geared to just how to best memorize this so I can put it out in an exam, not how do I best learn this so I actually retain it for like right. life. So it's like, yeah. But but again, we have to do that because if you learn it, you're not necessarily going to be the best at exams, which then you're kind of falling behind in the school system, which is like, it's yeah. just a flaw in general, I guess. Of the yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Looking at the system like that, yeah. I, I think yeah. that's a big... This is a big thing we try to do at Contour. Was kind of we basically took the good parts of John Monash and turned it into a tutoring service for everyone. So <laughs> yeah. the one thing was I think everyone can agree. Um, fifty people classes weren't always the best. So we basically <clears> took t- ten student groups in tutoring. So no more of that twenty five kids. No, the t- tutor doesn't even know your name type thing. We kept it at ten students. Um, we wanted to make it really personal. The idea of Mr. Cockle knowing everyone, us having that personal connection with our students, like I can name all my students and I know what they're up to and stuff like that. And also um, the quality of teaching, like we don't actually do, you know, we're not just focused on, uh, yes, you know, this is on the VC exam. Obviously we do that because we're preparing from, yeah. for the exams, but we teach them all the things we did, like what we did at IYPT, what we learned in UniPhysics, um, because it actually developed, like, I'm sure you've read some of the reviews. They actually do, like, most of them have that common theme of I'm enjoying physics rather than I feel ready for the exam type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's something we tried, and that worked out quite well. Yeah. Because um, we're not just basically recreating the wheel. We're somewhat, you know, we're adding more wheels to the car type thing. Yeah. It shows, like, you're genuine about it. It's like... A bunch of tutors that, you know, they're just doing it for the sake of, you know, it's a quick block. So, yeah, it yeah. just shows right there that, you know, you really do care. Um, and that's what, like, works long term, as Ron said before. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, my dad always used to remind me, he says the customer is always right, or the client. Um, kind of like um, if, you know, if you do business, it, um, it, it's kind of like a common thing. It's like if you put the client or customer first, or whoever you're serving, right, if it's like your chef, to a coach, to a business owner, or your, you know, whatever, or a salesman, the client, or the that they're the you know the person you're really got to cater to. And I think as a student going into the role of a tutor, I think that's what we kind of put together. Um, and yeah. Do you ever do you ever find that that uh, sorry, it's tangent. Do you ever find that you get students that have that passion? Because I I found that for myself in accounting, like I had that passion for it but they weren't performing academically like result like results wise but intellectually i was like this is so fascinating and that's why i was so inclined to go into commerce at uni because i was like i love the content do you ever find that with students that contour yeah i think i think that can um that does happen quite a lot um so there's like uh, I've always noticed, right? Like when you ask them questions, some students, uh, when you ask questions in class, um, and when you get them to talk about the ideas, they're bang nailed it, right? They they got a really good idea and they're really enthusiastic. But when they show their tests and things like that, you know, it's it's yeah. I guess for the expectations completely different. Um, as in there was a student, I think um, uh, this is a student and her mom contacted us. So basically, apparently, he was failing um physics. I didn't even know at first. But now he's basically like destroying the subject. Um, but the first time I wouldn't have, I would have never expected this guy was 
failing physics like his mom said we thought was like oh wow he's like he's he's pretty good he knows his stuff but then later on like a few months on the track she's like oh they took my son from like a i'm a failing student to an a plus student and for us that's a big surprise because he always felt like an a plus student to begin with um and i think that's a big difference is kind of like uh, i think few differences kind of like mental prep exam technique and also how the assessments pan out i guess so like how you're being assessed but i feel like that's a really common theme and i think that can be sometimes demoralizing for students when you're basically obviously for um, you raj i'm not sure how you went in accounting but i'm sure there's probably students that like um you know they, they, they're trying their hardest they're enjoying the yeah. subject you know mm-hmm. i know someone close that does that and they get like uh, marks that are you know what they weren't happy with and it actually hits their um motivation to study for that subject and it kills their enjoyment which is obviously not what you want you shouldn't be defining your enjoyment based on your performance like we we're talking about before jerry doesn't have to be the best boxer to enjoy boxing the most right the same goes for music and whatnot I think academics is the same as well. So I think that is something that appears in a lot of students. And it's kind of hard to find out why they're not scoring that high. But usually it's like exam technique and also what's happening in the day of the exam and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. There's quite a contrast with this sort of thinking compared to India. Because over there, (laughs) to do exam taking well, not like nothing to do with learning. You've just got to learn how to do exams well. I think we try to also like my own experiences in with like just exam taking and try to get that across to the students as well because at the end of the day how you're getting assessed is still on an exam so it's like we try to get that across while also keeping them interested with real like learning um yeah i find that's quite it's it's a huge contrast with the mentality there and mentality here with learning in general it's yeah yeah and that was definitely for me in my household during vce that notion of work smart, not hard, work towards what they want you to say, what they want you to write, what they want you to do in the exam and not learn for whatever reason, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It it kind of takes away from, like, real learning of the subject. Oh, experience, yeah. 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 Yeah, I've thoroughly enjoyed this chat, to be honest. No, no, for sure. There's a lot of interesting questions and it gives us an opportunity to talk as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's just been really insightful. That's especially for me. Don't know. Just getting a a different look perspective um, that we didn't really see at school. Um, So, yeah, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, no, I think we've got a lot of serious talking. I guess, um, obviously, we're yeah. not, obviously, um, you know, we have, we talk about memes and stuff as well. But I think it's always good to kind of like talk about this type of stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's always good to reflect here and there. Um, and also ask other people about what their experiences, because we learn as much from you as you learn from us. So yeah. there shouldn't be no mean of like, um, you know, that's why obviously I listen to your podcasts because they're enjoyable and I learn from them as well. Is there should be no means of like we're kind of flowing knowledge into you guys, it should be like a right. equilibrium, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, and we get a lot out of it too. Mm-hmm. I think it was my like year four teacher, I remember that told me, um, like my year four home group teacher, because at in year four, I used to be like, I was the kid that knew the stuff before getting into class, so I used to know everyone because I knew the stuff when like no one else did, yeah, super. But then the, my teacher was like, at that time, she told me, um, even if you know all this stuff, there's always going to be something you can learn from the teacher, which is like, it was something I didn't think about in year four, but then yeah. probably about year eight, nine, I was like, 
that was like that kind of stuck with me was there's always something to learn even if you know the like the math formulas there's always something you can learn from like everyone because they've had a different story a different experience um, yeah it was like, that's really interesting i think that's something like raj and i have talked about like on the podcast as well it's just like true learning whatever it is like it's just enjoyment like it can really like you just get consumed in it um and yeah you just ride the wave essentially so yeah yeah no yeah it's what we stand by as well it's actually yeah i find i love it because i love using the podcast as an excuse to loki just get to know you guys more as individuals and then sort of learn more about your experiences because it's like you know like you wouldn't have this otherwise um no. the opportunity to like i'm sure like me and amitav might have crossed paths at uni every now and then i don't know about Angad even like yeah um but like the podcast just yeah it's just a good excuse to keep in touch and yeah, yeah no for sure because you you be uh, i think most people are someone like a little bit more distanced from everyone especially leaving school and also the pandemic yeah. um so it's always good to like you know just reflect on these things and talk yeah. catch up yeah sure yeah. it'll be good to get you guys back on our and we'll, we'll look forward to it again yeah, yeah. no for sure I'm sure you guys have yeah. more questions in store if you do a bit more talking <laughs> no way <laughs> yeah we didn't get into too many personal things so i'm sure you yeah. can leave that for another time yeah should we wrap it up yeah sounds sounds like a plan Uh, cheers for tuning in cheers to you two boys for coming on and yeah catch up next time alright thanks for having us again thank you for having us